podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some folks don't stop till they find the truth. June's Journey is a roaring 20s murder mystery hidden object game. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android or iOS devices and on PC through Facebook games. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today we welcome back Natasha Miko. You've been away for a wee while, and now you're back. Welcome back to Celtic State of Mind. How are you keeping? Oh, I'm good. You know, I'm good, and it's so great to be back. Um, obviously, you know, I listen to the show every day. I love the chat, and I'm excited to get involved with it again. And yes, it's been a minute since I've been on here, but Celtic are going good, and I'm going good. And something that um. Anne said recently was that people go to Celtic Park with a lot going on in their lives and Celtic provides an escape, something for them to enjoy, to switch off, to spend time with their friends and their family. And when I heard him say that, I thought, you know, Axon's a bit like that as well, not just for me, you, the other contributors, but for the listeners as well. It's an hour where we can all switch off and enjoy listening or talking about Celtic and not worry about other things going on. So there's always plenty to talk about. There's plenty to talk about today. So let's talk about the football. We've got a big game tonight, and I'm very excited for it. No, definitely. That will be the main focus, Natasha. But I think it's important to to focus on what you were saying there about Ange, because there's, there's absolutely no doubt, and we were chatting before coming on here, that Ange, and I know this is a bit of a cliche, gets it. He absolutely gets what Celtic are all about, what the club means to the fan base. Mm -hmm. And when he made that comment, it was the classic escapism. And I think back to the working classes um, that the sport really appealed to until fairly recently, um, exclusively almost, I would suggest. And I think back to like my old man going to the game. Happy birthday, Dad, by the way. It's his birthday today, 66. And I think back to my old man going to the games and that whole community feel whereby it was cousins, uncles, your old fella, you know, all coming together to go to the game. And it was the escapism of what was quite a difficult kind of working life. You know, my old man's a pit man, just retired a couple of months ago. So it wasn't a good quality of life, Natasha. And this thing called Celtic, was your escape. It allowed you to forget all your woes and all your worries and everything else for that one afternoon. And if you were like my dad, sometimes it was longer than an afternoon with, with his mates gone and 
getting bevied up and all that stuff. But by the way, absolutely what it was all about. And Ange gets that. He gets that when you go to Celtic Park, it is an experience that is, and this is a bit of a cliche, but it is like nothing else you do. It's an experience that you don't get from, certainly I don't get it from any other kind of form of art. Um, any kind of night out, I don't get the same experience that I get when I'm at Celtic Park. Mm. And the second point you made about Axom or or podcasts or shows like this being an escape, I think it's important to point out how many messages we get, often direct private messages from people who have been big fans of the show because of that, and particularly through the lockdown as well. Natasha, whereby they've, they've found a community of people where they can engage with, they've got that middle ground, which is obviously Celtic, and they've made pals within that group as well, within that community. And that leads me on to Parcel the Rogues, who there is a funeral mass for today over in the States. Um, anyone who had any kind of engagement with Parcel or David, to give him his Sunday name, will um, look back fondly on it, I'm sure. And I was just telling you before we came on, Natasha, he's the type of guy who would DM you if you're getting a hard time online just to make sure you were all right. And I don't want to share the messages because I think he was quite private that way and that's why he done it DM, but that's the kind of thing he would do just because he was like, you know, keep your chin up. What you're doing is great. There's a lot of people who enjoy it. And I've been reading back through a lot of these messages um, because it was a bit of a shock when, when he passed and that's a person that I have never met in person. So that is the positive power of social media, isn't it? It is. And I think um, for someone like him, you only had to see the outpouring of stories that came online when his really, really tragic death was announced. So many people had something to say about him and it was all good. He was that sort of person who really united people online. He had a good word to say about everyone and everyone has a story about the time he checked up on them or he said this to them or he said that to them that just made them feel better. And I think it's incredible that social media has that positive reach and that it can connect people from all over the world and people who would never have come across each other in their daily lives. They found something in common. In this case, it's football and it's Celtic and it's a love for the same club. And it unites them and it connects them and you do feel that loss when someone like that passes away, even if, like you said, you have actually never met them in real life. Their presence online is really significant to your everyday life and um, it is a very sad loss and we are all thinking of his family today. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know that he was a big supporter of the foundation and they've been tweeting about him as well. So uh, we do think back fondly on the interactions we had with David Brown, who it will be laid to rest tomorrow and his funeral services today. San Diego, made his, uh, he, he was over in San Diego. So all the best to his family as well. Now, um, when it comes to football, something of a historian. I love the history. I love trying to find connections. And on the 25th of May this year, the Conference League final, is that what you call it? I hope so. The Conference League final takes place. That is a date that is ingrained in the memory of every Celtic fan. And although it's in Albania, our star man is from Lisbon, Jota. Let's talk a wee bit about him. Um, It's been a while since you've been on here. So this is maybe the first time, potentially the first time you've had the opportunity to wax lyrical about Jota. Just how impressed have you been with him since he's come in? 
I mean, I probably can't add any more credit to him than has already been given on this show. I know we're all a massive fan. The wider Celtic support are massive fans of Jota. And rightly so. What's not to love? He's an exceptional talent, isn't he? When he's on the ball, he's the sort of player that gets fans out of their seats. He's the player that gets us excited. And a byproduct of that is that he is the sort of player that Ange loves and the sort of player that fits into Ange's philosophy and his style of football. You know, Ange is all about making football enjoyable to watch for the fans. He said that a hundred times before. What drives him is he thinks, would my dad enjoy this game of football? And when Jota's on the ball, people enjoy the football. So Jota's a perfect fit for Celtic under Ange Postacoglu. And I would love, love, love if he stayed with us for, for longer than this season. If that turns out to be the case, who knows? Well, one of the discussions we've had, Natasha, over the last couple of weeks is we went through a period of domestic domination, but we had we definitely had a model when it came to recruitment. The model kind of broke down near the end, but it was, you know, to bring in the likes of Van Dyke, put them on a stage, sell them on for massive profit, and we'd done it successfully. There was quite a lot of poor signings in that period, but most clubs have that. You know, nobody has the kind of record that kind of Ange has had since he's come in, where just about every signing he's brought in has worked. That just doesn't happen in football. The law averages means that a few guys won't settle. And it, and often it's not because they're no good at football. You look at Timu Puki, who went away and proved that he is a, he's a baller and he's, he's done so well at a high level. But when I look at Jota and I look at the superstars that are starting to develop at Celtic, and we'll talk about some of them uh, during today's show, wouldn't it just be tremendous if we could see how they could all develop together over a, a period that isn't 18 months or a season or, or three years? Because we're talking about Europe. The reason we're talking about Europe, Ange believes he can he can succeed in European football for, with Celtic. And that belief seeps into the, the kind of mentality of uh, you know the Celtic fan base. Because it wasn't that long ago that European football was more or less written off you know, we didn't do anything under Brendan Rodgers in Europe. No, really. There was a couple of wee moments. Um, we had Lazio to look back on uh, under under Neil Lennon. But generally, in recent times, it's been pretty disastrous in Europe. Uh, Ronnie Dyler didn't get his head around it either. And then you're going back to uh, Neil Lennon's first time in charge when we, we seemed to, to make a mark. But the game's changed so much in the last 10 years. How pivotal will it be to try and keep guys like Jota, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and then some of the other people who already, apparently, there is interest um, from English clubs. So are we able to do that? I think the balance sheet would suggest that we are. If, if there's a willingness, Natasha, to keep these guys together for a period of time, we can do it. I think financially, yes. Um, we've, we've seen the, the accounts that have come out. We can afford to do this if we want to. And I hope the board do give Ange the backing. He's shown every reason why he deserves it. He's building something here. This is a project. Um, we're so early in this project. I think that's sometimes forgotten how early we are in Ange's you know, whole vision of where he thinks he can get Celtic to be. And key to that is going to be keeping the players that he wants to keep. I've got no doubt in my mind that Ange wants to keep Jota for the reasons we've just talked about. He fits perfectly with the system. But something that Ange said um, earlier in the season, um, during the transfer window, when we were rumoured to be linked with Riley McGree, mm. he said that he doesn't want to have to convince a player to be at Celtic Park. And I like that. 
and I get it to an extent. But with a player like Jota, Jota is going to have a lot of other options, a lot of good options. What we do actually need to do is convince them that Celtic is the best of those options. And what Ange is building here is something that he wants to be part of and something that will be beneficial for his career in the long run. Um, I I think we'll exercise an option. I hope we do. Um, I hope it's not the sort of Jack Henry in Belgium situation we see where we buy him and sell him on for a massive profit. I don't mm. think Andrew's the sort of player who would let the board do any, sort of manager who would let the board do anything like that. But I want to keep him, and I think that Jota will likely to be the sort of player who wants to stay. We've already seen the connection he has with the fans. It looks like he's loving his football. He's loving his time at Celtic, and. He's still young. Spend a couple of years here and use it as the platform like players we've talked about already have, the Dembele's, the Edwards, the Van Dykes, who spend a couple of their formative years at Celtic and then perhaps move on to what would widely be considered as better leagues. And I think Jota's career path can have an incredible trajectory. I just want the first step of that to be at Celtic. And I think the club and the board, everyone needs to convince them that this is the best place for him to be to do that. I asked the question uh, on Twitter just the other day there. It was interesting. What do you think is it that keeps a player like him, like Jota, at a club like Celtic? Um, and a lot of people just say money. Paul, it comes down to money. It's it's not going to change. It's always money. I don't think that's always the case when you look at certain circumstances, his age, the fact that it's not his first loan deal, but it is the first one that's worked out so far for him. The fact that Benfica don't really regard him in the same kind of at the same level as we do, and the fact also that if he establishes himself at Celtic as he has done, then we have the potential for Champions League football. Or do you look at it and say, well, it comes into his buy into Ange and the philosophy of Ange Postecoglou, combination of all of them, I guess. But surely the big thing for me would be. Uh, you look at other players who have come to Celtic and then think, you know, it's a stepping stone, I can go somewhere else, and it's not worked out. And there's been a, a lot of examples of that as well. What do you think, Natasha, is the main reason it would keep him at Celtic? Is it the Champions League? Is it Ange? Or is it simply the modern footballer and money? It's a combination. Um, and I know that's a very sit-on-the-fence answer, but it's a combination, and it really is going to depend on the player circumstances. You know, if Jota was six, seven years older, then it'd be a very different conversation. But he's still young and he's still got the time in his career to to explore other options and go and earn the money that he'll be earning in, in bigger leagues and play against some of the, the world's best clubs. And I think he will be able to do that. But he doesn't need to do that right now. Right now, he needs to focus on what is the best, safest move in order to be able to have that career going forward. One wrong step at this stage can really damage where your career trajectory is going and you only have to look at a similar player to him in Patrick Roberts mm-hmm. to see where a career with so much promise didn't actually work out the way that a lot of us would have expected it to. I think Jota has the time um, to spend a couple of years at Celtic. I think if he was to look at where he wants his career to be in the next five years, I think two years of that could be spent here. And a lot of that, I think, will come down to the way that Ange wants to play football, just really suiting him, suiting his style of play. And in turn, that's only going to enhance his development. So I think for Jota, a lot of the jigsaw pieces come together to make Celtic a sensible move. 
financially? Are we going to be able to pay as much as some of the other clubs that might be interested in? Do you know, maybe not. But let's, you know, let's not kid ourselves. It's a good wage. He'll be on that Celtic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has many years ahead of him to to make that wage in some of the, the leagues that can afford it. So I think for him, I think if I was advising him without a Celtic hat on, I would be saying that Celtic for a, for a couple of years as the start of a career trajectory is, is a good move for him. And I, I hope we see that come to fruition. Absolutely. And I just keep looking at this uh, model. If we kept a team of players together for longer than that three years what a team we could have had and what an impact we could have had outside of domestic football if you just look at the players that we the personnel used within the nine in a row period pick your best 11 that is a team that could do well in Europe and they're all still playing you know there's very few of them couldn't actually turn out for Celtic I don't want us to be that club that we've been in the past for players such as Roy Keane whereby um, at the end of their careers, all these guys that loved their time at Celtic come back and we've got an old Crocs club like Dembele and Tierney, although, by the way, I'd take the pair of them back. Um, <laughs> but maybe not when they're 35, uh, which is normally the way. They'll come back and live their dream when they're 35 years of age. Some brilliant messages coming in. I've starred a few and we've got a lot of love coming in for Parcel of Rogues, which is understandable. He is somebody that definitely made a huge impact and I I make the point again that you know social media can be a torrid place at times Um, you you talk about a thick skin it could get through anybody's skin and then along comes this guy what if you could make fresh delicious meals at home without the stress of planning prepping or cleaning up introducing Tavala Tavala is a first of its kind meal service that makes eating well effortless By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala smart oven. While the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook, just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Who you don't know. And the only association he has with you is the fact that you support the same football club and potentially have the same state of mind as a result of that. And you can see the outpouring of uh, kind of grief and also the positive stories. And a lot are coming, uh, are coming in for yourself as well, Natasha. So uh, great to see you back. Robert, good afternoon all. Long-time lurker. Barely comment, but lovely to hear the messages for Parcel. That's lovely. Um, and Swindle comes in to also welcome you back as well. Only positive stuff this time round. We're all about the positivity. We could come on and be negative uh, on a daily basis, but we try our best not to do that. You and Boy Martin Axholm is a brilliant show and great to be part of the Celtic family. Now, 
listen to this Urban Cool shit. I used to get his name wrong. Hopefully, I get it right now. Hardly any Celtic fans where I live. This is my Celtic family every day when I can make it on. That's tremendous, eh? I love I love reading that. Seriously. It's great, isn't it? It's great. And it's it's why we do it and why we so we have so many contributors on the show who who do it every day at half past twelve. Um is to reach some of the people who like that commenter who just posted so they can have a chat and listen about people talking about Celtic when they might not otherwise get that until the match day on a Saturday or Sunday. It fills that void in a lot of people's lives and um it's it's really great to be part of. Yeah, no, it is. And I love it as well, even though I'm only on twice a week, uh, because there are so many great contributors, Natasha, that I couldn't possibly uh, be on every single day. The return of Chris Julian is something that we enjoyed against Wraith Rovers. It was almost the perfect game, in actual mm-hmm. fact, to introduce him. No disrespect to the opposition, but if you want to try and ease somebody back into the side, it's one of the games, Natasha, you get a couple of goals up, you think, right, I feel safe bring him in. It was great to see him back. I mean, mm-hmm. um, he's a player I rated really, really highly, but I, I haven't, you know, I haven't changed my mind about him since he's been out. I knew that he wasn't the perfect player when he was in. I remember back to the the draw at Rugby Park last season, and him and I are getting absolute pelters for their performance, and everybody was happy when we went out and signed another centre-half. That centre-half was Shane Duffy. Um, Firstly, it's great to have him back, Mm -hmm. but where do you see him fitting in? I mean, I know that there are a Mm -hmm. lot of different things we need to consider. Will he get back to the same level that he was at before? But if he does, is he a first pick at centre-half for you? It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, what you say is right, is it was brilliant to see him come back in the park and probably one of the highlights of that game against Wraith Rovers is seeing him come back and to get the ovation that he did. Yeah, brilliant to have him back in the park. Did he look a little slow? Yes, he did. But let's remember, it's been 14 months. It's going to take a while to get that match sharpness back. But like you said, when he does get that match sharpness back, what then? Where does he fit? I think he's going to be a valuable asset for the latter part of the season, another great option at centre-back. But who does he replace? You know, Starfelt and Carter Vickers have formed this really solid partnership at the back, and Welsh is more than capable when he comes in as, as a backup now. I think at the start of the season, Starfelt got a probably relatively unjust hard time from a lot of sections, mostly of the media, to be fair. But I think him and Carter Vickers are absolutely solid now. So do you look to split that up? I just don't know if you do. And it'll be interesting to see if Ange does that. And if he does, which one of the pair he combines them with? Is it Starfelt or Vickers? And I think if we're trying to persuade a player like Cameron Carter-Vickers to stay at Celtic, then dropping him or replacing him with Gillian is certainly not going to help that argument. But if behind the scenes, maybe we know that Vickers isn't going to stay, that he has no intention of... Um, sign after the loan deal then maybe Andrew would look to start trying to develop a partnership between Starfelt and Julian so I think we'll get an insight into what's happening with Vickers depending on who Andrew starts to pay them with or maybe it simply is that for for now for the foreseeable Julian is a backup and we don't mess with this relatively strong partnership of Starfelt and Vickers I think that's a really interesting point there because um, we've seen in the past when a player made it kind of clear they weren't going to be there beyond their loan deal, certain managers thought, well, you know what, you're not part of my plans. And I'm thinking John Gadetti under Ronnie Dyler. Mm-hmm. When he came on the scene, Natasha, I thought this is a proper player. Yeah. Um, it looked really prolific. But 
as soon as something happened where he made it pretty clear, and I think it was in an interview mm-hmm. um, rather than behind the scenes, he made it clear he wasn't going to be at Celtic. Dyla stopped playing him. And then we had the situation with um, Benkovic and Burke under Neil mm-hmm. Lennon, where he thought, well, I'm trying to plan for next season now. You two guys aren't going to be here, so I'm not playing you. And we came in for criticism. I think it was from West Brom for not playing Ollie Burke. Um, however, you know, the, the choice was correct because we won the, the treble that season in any case. That would be interesting. If Cameron Catavicker starts dropping out, I think there would be an indication as to mm-hmm. where his future lies. Personally, I'd love to have all three at our disposal. When I look at Carter Vickers, I sometimes wonder, was he only brought in because Julian didn't recuperate as quickly as we had expected and we brought Carter Vickers in on loan and then he's come in and he's absolutely excelled. Would we have ran with Starfelt and Welsh? We beat on and, you know, who knows? Um, but I think, personally, when all at, at the top of their game, I'm I'm going um, Julien and Carter Vickers. However, Starfelt has built up a good partnership, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not so I can give him a dig. I know he's had a lot of criticism, Natasha, because I think he has come onto a game with Carter Vickers beside him. Um, I don't expect to see Julien making an appearance even from the bench tonight. What's your thoughts on that? No. I think what we know about Bodo is that they're going to come out and attack, um, which is probably a slightly more unusual position for us to be in, is that we're not used to a team coming out and attacking us. So the defence don't have great experience of a team coming out to attack and not sit in, as we see quite often in Scottish football. So I think it's going to be really important tonight that the defence is absolutely solid and that we need our tightest defensive unit out there. And I just don't think putting Gillian back into that is going to be the best option. So I think it's very unlikely to see him replace either of them from the start tonight. And I don't think that he's likely to come off the bench either. And unless um, in circumstances dictate otherwise, but let's hope for no more injuries. But I don't see Gillian featuring tonight. No, I, I, I'm the same as yourself. And again, in such a, a massive game, why rush him in? Why rush him in? You made a point there about Bodo Glimp that's clear that they're coming out to play. How does that suit Celtic? Because I think we are better suited to teams that, that try and play football. Um, some of the, the most open games that we've had are against the likes of Hibs who try and play football against Celtic. And the struggling performances that we tend to have are against the likes of Livingston and maybe St Mirren away where they basically just shut up shop and it's really hard to break them down. So do you think that'll actually play into our, our advantage tonight? I think it will. I think the system we set up and the way that Ange likes to play, particularly with the inverted fullbacks, suits a team that are going to come out and attack because it creates those gaps that we can utilise. And players like Jota and Abada would absolutely thrive under that. So I, I think it does suit us. But where we need to be wary is obviously at the back. Um, I'm cautious about both of our fullbacks. Um, I, I think that it'll be really interesting to see where Juranovic plays. I think he'll come back in. It just um, slightly interests me to see whether it'll be right back or left back. Um, and that'll dictate whether it'll be Ralston or probably Taylor, another position. Um, but that's where my, most of my concerns come as a result of Bodo being one of these attacking teams. Um, we've looked a bit of analysis on their wingers, which is apparently where they're quite strong. Mm. Where we're quite weak tends to be the fullback. So I think that's a potential mismatch for us that could create a little bit of weakness. But a team coming out to attack us, come on, that is what we're going to say we want. We don't want a team to sit in. We hate playing against that. It's hard to break down. It doesn't suit our style of football. So there is no getting around the fact that 
their setup is probably more likely to suit us. But I also want to be a bit cautious about that and let's not get complacent. And I'm wary that there is a certain element, not so much of our own fan base, but I think the media are getting a bit complacent about this tie and writing Celtic as strong favourites and against this Norwegian team who don't have a chance. And I think that's such a wrong narrative to play. And I think that that can lead to complacency. But I think that worries probably negated as a result of the man that we've got in the dugout. I don't think Ange is the type of manager who will take any game lightly, especially not a game of this magnitude in Europe and especially not on the back of that first-half performance against Wraith Rovers at the weekend. He made no secret how disappointed he was at that performance, and we've all seen and heard the videos of him on the touchline, which are relatively frightening. Um, But good, I want him to be like that when the performance isn't up to his standards. So I think the players on the back of that will have been made very, very aware of what he expects and what's expected of them in this tie tonight. So I think that should remove any worries about complacency. But, you know, don't get it wrong. This isn't going to be the the easier tie that some elements of the media are making it out to be. I think this is going to be a, a difficult one. We'll need to be at our best. But I'm, I'm looking forward to a good game of football. Well, the um, proposed uh, mic'd up session had to be delayed after that Wraith Rovers game, I think, because it's particularly if it was live. But you do see a side to uh, Ange. He was asked the question about tinkering with his team, Natasha, and he made that point. We, we can't, you know, underestimate this side. Um, and and that Ange knows all about them. Um, so he didn't actually take that question for me when you actually read the transcript and listened to the, the press conference he didn't take it lightly he, you know he basically said no I'm not tinkering because th- this is a side that we need to be very very wary of what I like about the way Ange is, is approaching not just uh, the task at hand but also looking towards European progress as a football club and the very fact that we touched on earlier on he believes that he can be a success at Celtic I actually thought that during the Matt O'Reilly press conference that attitude is also getting into the the makeup of his players because when although he didn't say European football he was talking about being at Celtic Matt O'Reilly and winning big competitions and I, I get the sense that he wasn't just talking about domestic competitions do you think that that attitude is bleeding into the players as well yeah and so it should do you know I loved um, part of Angie's conference where he said that when he was the manager of Australia at the World Cup he believed that he could win the World Cup with Australia because that's the sort of guy he is and yeah people might laugh at that but you know I like it why not go into everything thinking that you can win it and think that you can do as well as you possibly can? What's the point in going into a European tie or a European competition not thinking I want to see as far as I can get in this and if that's not the final, then what's the point in being there? I like it. I love that attitude. And I think tonight's game is a real chance for Celtic to showcase and Ange to showcase just how far we've progressed under him since that Mitchelland game. I think now we're really starting to see what Andrew expects of the football team coming together. He said, um, was it last week, a couple of weeks ago, that the team are nowhere near the standard Mm. he expects, which is brilliant and exciting because I think the team are playing at a a relatively good standard. And now that we're at the position we're in, which is a mile away from the Michelin performance, let's test what this side can do in Europe. And I know it's the Conference League and I know it is a level below But let's see what we can do in this competition. And there is no reason why we can't have a really, really good go at this, especially with someone like Andrew the Helm who who thinks he can win it, I'm sure of it. And why not? 
Well, again, I, I made the point during the week and the discussions around Ange Postacoglu's time as a player in South Melbourne under the tutelage of Ferenc Puskas is something that every now and again comes back into focus because obviously the Hungarian influence on Jock Steen, you know, when Puskas was a player back in the 50s, has been well documented. Steen loved the Hungarian style. I mean, it uh, definitely played a part in his own philosophy. So I love all that kind of romanticism about football and how there's a full circle and it's come back and Ange is the, the, the guy who's taken a lot from Puskas, taken a lot from his father as well. We spoke about that. And Puskas won three European Cups, Natasha. So, you know, his mentality is that he could win the European Cup. I think that's probably uh, by some kind of form of not brainwashing, but when you hear the mantra of someone who's your mentor day after day after day at training, and they were successful together at South Melbourne, then perhaps he's thinking, I can do it. And he's doing it on a bigger kind of stage. Going into the World Cup finals with Australia um, to win a World Cup with Australia, that's a lofty ambition, no disrespect to anyone. But you come to Celtic and you think, well, there's three opportunities here. The fans want us to be in a Champions League. I want us to be in a Champions League. Of course I do. But we are in the Conference League for a reason. We've been bounced out of the other two tournaments so far this season. But in order to progress as a European club, you maybe have to start at that third tier at the moment and then obviously start to, to, to build... When you're looking at next season in the Champions League, and I know we've got 12 games to go in the league to, to make that a reality, and you look at the qualifying uh, stages of this season compared to you know being in the group stages next season and the, the, the confidence you would have with all of these players that Ange has implemented into the side, um, all you know firing on all cylinders, I'm not going to sit here and say, we're going to do something in the Champions League straight away, but I'm talking about progress and, and the progress of a Champions League campaign compared to this season's Champions League campaign, it's, it's going to be better, isn't it? I mean, we've, we've, we've moved heaven and earth, uh, well, Ange has since he came in, to make sure it's going to be better. But I want to see an indication tonight of where we are. Is mm-hmm. Bodo Glimt going to be the team that, that we can test ourselves against? I'm not underestimating them by any shape, uh, way, shape or form. But I think that it gives us an indication of where we are in that tournament. It's called the third tier of European football because that's exactly what it is. I don't like the fact that it's called the Conference League because it almost belittles any achievement you have in it. There's clubs saying they're not, you know, fans of clubs saying they're not that interested in it. I'm interested. I want to win it as a Celtic supporter. I'm interested in every competition Celtic play and every game they play. And of course it's of interest to us. And I think it's disrespectful to the competition and the other teams in it. When people talk it down like that, one of our ex-managers being one of them who's saying he hasn't even heard of it, that disrespect doesn't interest me at all I'm interested to see how far Celtic get in this competition and I think tonight is one of the first opportunities to really test ourselves in Europe once this team has been formed the way it has will Bodo present the challenge we want to test ourselves against I mean there's two ways to look at this Bodo team really you know they're back-to-back Norwegian champions they finished second in that group behind Roma And of course, there's that brilliant result against Roma that gets talked about a lot. That's six one. Mobile phone companies say they offer home Internet. But if their Internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone Internet, not home Internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But on the other hand, this isn't that team technically we know they've lost the real nucleus of the team they've lost some of their best players they've lost their top goal scorer we know they're just coming out of pre-season they haven't had a competitive game in a while so you know there is sort of two sides to the team that we're facing and I think Celtic kicker facing an entirely different prospect than Mourinho's Roma did and it probably is the best time to play Bodo but we still want to be testing ourselves against these teams. We don't want just to have the domestic tests. You know, we have shown what we're capable of domestically. A lot more to go, don't get me wrong. There's a long way still to go in showing what we can do domestically. We're starting to get that now. But I also want to see us starting to test ourselves in Europe. And tonight's game's the first real opportunity to do that, I think. Well, <clears throat> Natasha, I know you're loving a way day in Europe. Um, <laughs> have you got any kind of idea or... Is, uh, are you going? I am going over to wow. Bordeaux. I am making that trip over. Um, so it will be a very interesting one, I'm sure. Um, and that's another reason why I'd really like to see us get the job done tonight quite comfortably because the last thing I want is to go over to a plastic pitch in Bodo and minus 10 and, and need to get something out of that game. The thing I want to be worrying the most about is how many layers I need to wear in minus 10 and not worrying about our players on a plastic pitch needing, needing a result. So, yeah, really looking forward to the trip next week and I think it'll be made a bit better if we can uh, get a, a good result tonight. Fair play. I'll send you some uh, Axon merch if you want uh, to keep you warm. And also, I would have suggested that you could dial in from the stadium, but I think after a few sherbets, it's maybe not a, a good idea. <laughs> Natasha, when I started writing about one of my great passions in life and started writing about Celtic, I quickly realised, right, that you think I, I, I'm a massive Celtic fan, right? But then you start meeting people who take it to other levels um, and you think you know a wee bit about the history and then you meet people who know a lot about the history and you kind of find your place in that respect and I think that I'm I'm one for just saying we're Celtic fans you could be a Celtic fan like the man we've spoken about Parcel who had Celtic scene tickets but couldn't go to the games because of his location but he's a Celtic fan I'm a Celtic fan someone who doesn't have a season ticket still a Celtic fan but I remember being on this uh, European trip we're sitting in a hotel suite for you and there was a big fella from Stornoway sitting next to us and we got chatting away and it was something he had been to over 100 European away days and I, I was looking at him thinking wow now as I say I'm a massive Celtic fan I speak about it on a daily basis we put out podcasts and broadcasts on a daily basis but then you meet people like that whose level of dedication Natasha is off the scale and I know there'll be people watching these shows who have been to a hundred away days in Europe it's astonishing isn't it but it's oh, a incredible. it's a community in itself you'll see faces won't you when you're on the away days that you see on a regular basis yeah absolutely and then um, there's people who go absolutely 
everywhere um, and people who just don't miss games if that's a qualifier in Kazakhstan or whatever it is they'll be there um, and it's incredible and all all credit to them for that commitment because it's not easy um, it's trains and buses and planes and cars across borders and it is some effort and there's a lot of really good people who put that effort in so credit to them um, because they're they're absolutely everywhere and I know that the the team appreciate that so it's it's really great and you know it's it's really great to go on these trips and be part of it as well and be part of that community and that Celtic family that you just don't get from any other element of life. And it's something we talked about at the start of this show. It isn't, and it's something Ange said as well, actually, when we were during the lockdown, is football isn't just another form of entertainment and shouldn't be treated as such. It is a way of life and a community and a culture for so many people. And I think you really you really recognise that when you speak to some of these people who devote their lives to travelling the globe, literally, to support Celtic. It's incredible. And fair play to everybody. Fair play to you next week for uh, making the journey over there. We'll, of course, be sitting in the studio covering it on a Celtic state of mind. That was a great quote. And you know the, the thing about Ange, when he said it, he meant it. He wasn't just saying it, you know, because it sounds good. He actually meant that. Um, that football, and I think we it's been brought to the fore over the the last couple of years, football is massive. It's not something that, you know, it's not going to the cinema, Natasha. You know, it's not a form of entertainment in that respect. It's something that actually without it, people suffer. People actually suffer mentally without it. There's a structure to people's lives. There's a community aspect. There's a travelling on the buses. There's the aftermatch. And all that kind of thing, being removed from someone's life, has got a massively uh, negative impact. I want to talk about a few of the other guys I've not had a chance to speak to you about over the last few months. Rio Atati. I mean, Laura's been on here um, talking about shades of Paul Scholes. And by the way, I can see where she's coming from. I actually think that Otati's a better tackler than Paul Scholes. Um, I think he's he's uh, an he's the complete midfielder. If you were yeah. to say who is a complete midfielder on the Celtic side, Hatati seems to be that man. He seems to be undroppable. It looks mm. as though he's the steal of the season. What's, what's your thoughts been? You've not had an opportunity to talk about him. What's your thoughts been since he came to Celtic in January? Do you know what I think about him, which is probably the biggest accolade you can give him, is that you so easily forget that he only joined last month. He's played six games for Celtic and we're already talking about him in these terms. And I think that almost speaks for how good a player he is more than any you know, accreditation we could give him. The way he's been able to establish himself on the team, the impact he's had has just been phenomenal. And it's not only moving to a new club and moving to a club like Celtic. You know, he's... He's moved to a new country and apparently seamlessly integrated to life at Celtic and life in Scotland and all credit to him for that. Um, like you've already touched on, he is one of the first names on the team sheet now. He is making himself undroppable. He's not only scoring goals, he's assisting goals, he's his passing is some of the, the best I've seen in a long time at Celtic. Um, you look at the pass to Jota, which set up that goal for Jack Marcus against Wraith Rovers. That's just sublime, and he offers you that so regularly. And like you said, we got him for, what, 1.4 million? Scary. You can't replace a player like that for 14 million. It is robbery. Um, but I'm delighted to have him here, um, and I look forward to seeing him tonight as well. 
You know, just as an aside though, Natasha, there's a few players who have been in and out of the side in Sorrow and McCarthy. I think with the impact of Hatate, and from what I've seen of Idiguchi, he looks as though he's going to be in and around the first team. He's going to be obviously out tonight. Um, where does the future lie for the likes of McCarthy and Sorrow? I mean, I, I know we were trying to to move Sorrow on in January. Mm. Um, best for all involved though, don't, don't you think, to, to get these guys off the wage bill? Yeah. I think so. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, unfortunately, I would probably categorise them both as surplus to requirements now. Um, we've got some really, really good options in the middle of the park and they just aren't them anymore. Um, and at the opportunities they've been given, particularly McCarthy this season, I, you know, I'd probably treat them differently, actually. And Sorrow certainly is surplus to requirements and I'd quite happily move him on and let him get on with his career and get him off the wage bill. McCarthy... When I've seen him, he's shown glimpses of what he could potentially bring to the team and what he could be capable of. For that reason, I'd probably be more inclined to keep him around as backup, but he isn't close to getting into that starting 11 or even one of the players that's coming off the bench. And I think what we've seen in recent weeks, particularly against Wraith Rovers when we mixed it up and brought in some of the fringe players, is that there is this massive drop-off between our starting 11 and between our backup players. The starting 11 are looking very, very good. The depth, the quality and depth, I'm not sure is quite there. And McCarthy fits into that category, I think, of the depth not quite having the quality of the first 11. And you know what? He's not the only one. I think players like James Forrest are now finding themselves in that category too. Well, or not not being surplus to requirements, of course, but to being one of the players that once you start to get into the depth of the squad, mm-hmm. isn't quite at the quality of the first team anymore. I, I was going to bring up James A because um, for me, it's a massive discussion point. James Forrest. Sometimes it it, it kind of gets tagged on to the, the Mikey Johnson discussion. I think it's a yeah. separate discussion entirely. And mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk about uh, James and where he is in terms of his Celtic career. Peter Caloyero. I hope I got that right, Peter. Jota needs to be at a club where he grows as a player and a person. He has that at Celtic. He may have to sacrifice some salary, though. I think it comes to that point, though, like you say, for a couple of years, you'll make it back in droves. I mean, if, if you're a success at Celtic and you move on, you'll make that money back in droves. So hopefully there are still modern players out there with that mentality. The Urban Kulshi, good statement from Celtic on the tickets, change days. Mm. Yeah, we'll jump away from the Bodo Glimp game, actually, to talk about that. Thanks for bringing okay. it up. Um, ticket allocations at Ibrox. Uh, we made a statement on Twitter, and quite a statement it was. What do you think of this whole to and fro in relation to Rangers trying to take some kind of high moral ground and come out and call the shots and Celtic saying, no, actually, we, we call the shots when it comes to Celtic Park. Uh, got to mm. say, I'm, I'm right on it with Celtic on this occasion. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that we've made our own comment and we've handled it well. There was no posturing to the media or lengthy interviews. It was just a short statement, a tweet, all that was needed. And to summarise, it said, you don't speak for us and neither they do. Um, the ticketing issue is a difficult one, but for for me, it's, it's all or nothing. Um, if they do offer the the eight hundred at Ibrox, I would tell them to keep them. It's um, it's a problem of their own making over there, isn't it? They chose to cut the allocation because of the repetitive scenes we saw of our players celebrating in front of a full broom loan stand, and they didn't like it. Um, and it's difficult me saying if they only offer us eight hundred, I tell them to keep it um 
because a lot of our fans would want to go to that game. We want to be there to support the team. Um, but for me, the ball is in Rangers court to fix it. They caused it. You know, we'll see Dortmund, you know, go there and give, be given three and a half thousand fans. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why they can and shouldn't give Celtic fans the same sort of allocation. And I think a lot of their fans are coming to that conclusion as well. The one point I would reject um, is that a lack of away fans spoils the atmosphere of a derby game um, because we saw we saw a couple of weeks ago how absolutely untrue that was. That was one of the really, really great nights at Celtic Park that I think people remember for a long, long time. So if it has to stay like that, if we're only Celtic fans at Celtic Park, then it is what it is. The ball's in their court to fix it, but absolutely perfect from Celtic in the meantime to say you don't speak for us and we'll decide the allocation at our stadium. Yeah, you're right. And this thing over the years, Natasha, talking about biggest derby or the biggest rivalry in European football, stroke global football, depending on um, who you listen to. What it comes down to now is does fans on the ground make any difference to the broadcasting deal that Scottish football is going to be offered? And I would wager that it doesn't. I really would. I don't think that makes a blind bit of difference because what they're looking at is they're, look, they're looking at the figures as um, as in the people who are actually tuning into the game, right? So does that does, does someone refuse to watch the game because Celtic or Rangers fans aren't at it? I don't think no. it makes a blind bit of difference to that type of viewer. Um, I think Celtic are definitely in the right. Yeah, that was the, the, the reason the decision was made. Probably twofold. They didn't like us getting it right up them after tanking them time and time again. But I also think that they thought, you know, let's sell more season tickets. Let's let's try and, and get the, the bums on seats and get the money in in advance because obviously their financial situation is precarious. And I think that played a big part in it as well. There might come a point where they want us back and uh, we'll see how that pans out as well. Um, a lot of comments coming through. I've got to apologise for anybody who I missed because literally there are over a thousand comments on the Daily Bulletin um, on a regular basis and it is difficult to work through every one of them. I try and get through as many as possible. We were talking about selections uh, for this evening, Natasha. Yakamakis and Maeda, another two players that I've not spoken to you about, uh, they are obviously going to be, one of them is going to be the number nine um, or leading the attack in the absence of Kyogo, who has been pictured over the last few days at Lennox Town signing autographs. Uh, it'll be great to see him back. Who do you go with though? Two very different styles of player. Who do you go with tonight? On the spot, Jack Marcus. Um, I think that he will and probably should start and lead the line tonight. Um I was really glad to see him get his goal at the weekend. I think he really needed that. Um, and a lot of people will, will argue that it's a tap-in. Of course, he should be scoring it. But I think the difficulty in that finish is actually overlooked. And the confidence that that will have given him, hopefully going into the game tonight, is enormous. You can see it all over his face when he scored, how relieved he was that that went in the back of the net. And I think for a player like him, his contribution almost has to be looked at separately from his goal scoring record and I know that's a really strange thing to say about a striker but if you look at his performances I think he's performing well he's the sort of player that you know he holds the ball up well I like his movement and I think he offers something different to other strikers we've seen at the club recently and we have at the club currently um, I saw I think it was Colin maybe yesterday comparing him to, to a Lyndon Dykes type of player and I do actually see 
that comparison. He's the sort of striker that causes problems for the opposition. He's the sort of player that defenders don't like playing against. Um, so for me, just on the basis of him being more suited to that role that we're looking for tonight than Meda, I think I would start Giacomacchus in that Giacomacchus in that role tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I said in the, the kind of chat that. I would start Yakamakis and play him for his 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. He does start to look a bit leggy at about that point in the game because he's closing down. He's doing a lot of the dirty work that um, probably doesn't come up in terms of stats because he's not getting a lot of the ball, but he is creating space for others. And then at 60 minutes, goal or without a goal, you then have that energy in Maeda to bring in. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details for the yeah. last half hour um, and to really push it because I don't think we've seen the best in Maeda yet. I really don't. We've just seen wee cameos mm-hmm. and I think that um, there's a lot more to come from him. I, I keep going back, Natasha, to the point uh, that was made around Postacoglu having Maeda at the top of his list when it came to signing targets in Japan. Um, and obviously Kyogo came in and has done superbly well, but I just don't think we've seen the best in Maeda yet. Um, and when he does come on tonight, I'm pretty sure he'll cause a few problems. You mentioned Jamesy Forrest before, so let's have a wee chat about Jamesy. Um, I'm of the view, he's 30-year-old, um, he's been in and out of the side now for a couple of years. Injury is the reason for it. It's not particularly down to a loss of form, but it's going to be hard for any player to come in and get that form if he's not getting the run of games. And it's been a bit stop-start for him for two seasons. But there's a couple of things this season that I would point out was his performance in the League Cup semi-final and his performance against Leverkusen, where he was part of that tremendous goal that was finished off by, mm-hmm. by Jota. That was this season. That was a couple of months ago. He hasn't turned into a bad player overnight. I think what he's suffering from is the fact that the guy in front of him is absolutely on fire. And I think James, he needs a lot of games, a run of games to get back up to his best. And that's maybe what's causing the issue. And I just don't know if he's going to get it either. I think that's the problem because, you know, the last couple of games, like you said, he's not getting that run. But when he is getting the chance, he's not using it to cement his place in the starting eleven. If we have all the options available to us, there is nothing that he has done in the last couple of games that is going to get him the run of games that he's going to need to, to potentially challenge the guy in front of him for that place. Um, and for some reason, I don't know what it is, it's just that he seems like a player that isn't fitting into Angie's system or Angie's philosophy. And I think what's likely to annoy Ange is what seems to be a lack of Forrest asserting himself on the game. You know, he's not taking the game to the opposition. He's not demanding to be on the ball and he's not, you know, really asserting himself and having the impression on that game that I think Ange likes his players to have. And I know and agree that it is a certain, it's definitely a different discussion to the Mikey Johnson discussion. But as much as we have and will criticise Johnston, the difference that I've seen in him and Forrest is that Johnson wants to be on the ball. He wants to take players on. He really does actually try to assert himself in the game. The problem that Johnston has is completely different to Forrest's. Johnson's problem is that when he tries to take players on, he's usually unsuccessful. He chooses the wrong options. It's 
quality of passing isn't where it needs to be is a different problem than forests. But I think if I was Ange, there is a debate. Would you be more annoyed at a forest-type performance where he isn't actually asserting himself or giving the 110% that you want to see from your players? Forrest has very rarely been the sort of player that, that does that sort of style. Ange likes players with that sort of style, and for some reason it is just not working with Forrest at the moment, and I don't really know where he goes from here. Mm. It will be interesting because I think when you look at Abada, there's been a few discussions this season on Axom. Where's his best position? I think he's shown in the last few weeks it's definitely out, out right. It's wide right. I like him with, with Alston. I've got to say, I think they link mm-hmm. up very, very well. Although my first choice right back, if it's just on a quality yeah. of player, is always going to be Juranovic. Mm-hmm. James Forrest, as I say, he's 30 years of age. He's in his 13th season. I think that uh, we'll see better from him. I hope it's not an issue with the style of play not suiting him. But he did seem pretty off it against Wraith Rovers, didn't mm-hmm. offer much. I can't see him starting tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I still have it in the back of my mind. That wee flick that he plays and then he plays a through ball against Leverkusen, it was just sublime, brilliant piece of play. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we're talking about Forrest and he's sitting on our bench, Natasha, then you're looking at that and thinking, wow, it's still a pretty good option. Mm-hmm. You know, half an hour or 20 minutes to go in a game and we're failing to break down a team. To bring mm-hmm. Forrest on, it's still a, a pretty good option. So, yeah, there's no denying Forrest has quality. He's a quality player. We've seen that over the last however many years. He is a good player and a good talent. He just doesn't have, for whatever reason, the necessary ability or skill or quality to get in in front of a bad at the moment. And that's just it's just the way it is. And that's how, how football works. And a great option off the bench, yes, but nobody is going to put him on the team sheet in front of the options we have available to us tonight. And if he needs to up his game... All the better, all the better for the team. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. We're just under a thousand live, which is tremendous. Thank you very much for all your support. If you're watching on YouTube, get subscribing. We have in the last couple of weeks confirmed so many guests um, and features for the station that all you need to do is click the notifications bell and subscribe. It's all free. Uh, we're actually leaving after this bulletin to go to St Mary's. We're going back to St Mary's, the birthplace of Celtic. And we're going to put a wee video together as a thank you to everybody who uh, donated to the fundraiser in December. The donations are still coming in. We haven't closed the fundraiser quite yet. But we have raised almost 29 grand, which is just off the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our subscribers are going up on YouTube. And January was our biggest month ever. So I used to think, Natasha, that when it was doom and gloom and we were in crisis, more people tuned in. Um, January was a good month and it was our best month in terms of figures. So that kind of goes against the game. I've got to say, though, against London United, we had set up the post-match and it was nothing each and it looked as though we were dropping points. And you can see how many people are waiting and there was like 300 waiting um, for the start of the bulletin. And then uh, a badder scored and there was about five waiting after that. So I don't know who the <laughs> other 255 or 95 guys or girls were, but I can kind of guess who they might have been or what team they supported. John Francis uh, Frattati. It's all or nothing. Either we get the full stand at Ibrox or I would tell them to take a run and jump. Is there any way we can take the tickets and give them away to people? <laughs> Mind you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put anyone in that wee bit if you weren't uh, prepared for what you know what you were going to get. Jim Hannaway, agree, Natasha, keep the tickets to themselves and fill Celtic Park with Celtic fans for the Glasgow Derby. No issue, atmosphere, 
even better. I thought it was tremendous. And I think you might have mentioned uh, the balls in their court. Well, <laughs> don't, don't put it there because they'll end up getting a penalty. Absolutely. Um, I agree with that. We, we've mentioned Mikey Johnson. What, what do we do with Mikey? Do we try and get him out on loan? Do we try and get him a, a Ryan Christie-esque move somewhere? Well, it looks like he's injured again, unfortunately, which probably hampers any loan deal for the foreseeable. And we don't really know the extent of that injury yet. And she's usually relatively vague about these sort of things. But once or when he is fit, I think that's the best option for him. Um, He needs to get some more consistent game time. We need to find a team that suits his style of play, a team that are likely to attack more and use their wingers. Because I'm not, I know a lot of people are. I'm not ready to give up on him because we've not tried the loan option for him and look at him develop better at a club that really suits him. I want to see that first before I decide to write him off because there's just something there that makes me think: Is there a player here that can benefit Celtic? I don't know. I've not, I've not seen any evidence of that yet. But that doesn't mean that it's not there if we find them the right move that helps with his development. So I'd like to see him get get a loan move and then we assess it from there. We've seen it before. We've seen players uh, going out, coming back and, and you know, it works for them. Um, I've got a wee comment coming in here and I'm going to bring it up from Dominic. Um, are all the presenters from Fife and does that make them chukters? Um That's a strange one because I never thought Fife were chukters, but I've seen that a lot in the comments. We have got contributors from as far afield as Hungary, um, down south, Dalkeith, Edinburgh, Fife, East Kilbride, Glasgow, etc., etc., etc. So no, and Stirling as well. Don't forget Kev Graham. He's from the Stirling area, Bannockburn. So no, we're from all over. We're a, we're a broad church here at Celtic, as uh, Celtic state of mind, as is Celtic in terms of a fan base. Um, but at Fife, Chukters, I never thought Fifers were Chukters, Natasha. I would have categorised this either, but, but who knows? Apparently, apparently you're falling into that bracket there. That's fine. I, listen, <laughs> I, I don't take it. I don't take any kind of offence to that. Juranovic at right back tonight. Uh, mm. He's been out for a couple of games. We all love Tony Ralston. We don't mind saying that now. But when fit Juranovic plays, you said though, does it give him a dilemma as to right or left back? What's your thoughts tonight? Would you play him right back? Uh, uh, yeah, I think you have to. You have to play Juranovic at right back. He's the best city for that position. He's our best fullback at the club. Um, no, I've been away from the podcast for a while, but what Ralston has done since the last time I was on this show has been nothing short of incredible. I think my, my last comment on here about Tony Ralston was that I was incredulous that we were going into the start of a new season with Ralston as part of the back door. <laughs> and credit where it's Jason Tony, I will take my hat off to him. He has really asserted himself, he's made himself a valuable asset. You know, even technically, he's improved massively. But what I like about him is that his absolute 110% commitment, doesn't shirk a challenge, made himself a really, really good option at right back. But as much as we love Tony, he is not the quality that Juranovic provides for us. Um, And the only dilemma Andrew would have really is Taylor or Ralston in that we play Taylor at left back or we move Juranovic to left back to let Ralston in at right back. I think that's the only debate that, that Postacoglu has but I think he'll want to keep players in their more natural positions. And I think that will see Juranovic come in at right back and Taylor be at left back. Unfortunately, that means that Ralston needs to drop out. Um, but again, a great option on the bench should we need them um, defensively. But I think we're likely to see our full backs being Juranovic and Taylor tonight. 
Mm, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I certainly would not. Um, Richard Todd is tuning in from Moscow. And uh, Paddy asks a question. No Irish contributors. We don't, actually, at the moment, Paddy. Anyone out there from the Emerald Isle who wishes to be a contributor to Axom, all you need to do is ask. Um, and then you'll go through the due diligence process that we now have in place due to previous issues with other contributors. And then you can get on the show and we would welcome you with open arms. And uh, also we've got Jared. Jared's from Australia. He comes in um, on a Friday from time to time because Jim Moore's obviously, uh, he's, he's retired uh, from his employment, Natasha, and he's part-time on a Friday. So we get Jared in on a Friday and we also get Alan Morrison who comes in and uh, gives us the stats. Now, you were talking, and fair play to you for admitting what you said about Tony Ralston. A lot of people pretend that they've always been big Ralston lovers. Um, but yeah, you know, that's fair enough. Last time you were on, though, we were doing a lot of work around the women's team. And obviously mm-hmm. there's been massive developments. And I don't think we've done enough, actually, on Axon this season to cover the women's team. We do um, get accreditation for the games. We, we do go to the press conferences. Bring us right up to date then, Natasha. I know you're a, you're a massive fan and champion of the women's game. Um, so tell us, where are we with Celtic women's team under Fran Alonso? So yeah, they're going well. Um, they're currently sitting in third place in the league. Um, they are five points behind Glasgow City. And to be honest, league-wise, they are slightly more off the pace than they would have liked this season in terms of league positioning and, and where the other teams are at. But it's still been a, a very successful season. We've already won the League Cup back in December with an incredible performance against Glasgow City in the final. So it was great to see the girls get some silverware under Fran Alonso and he absolutely loved that as well. Um, it was a big target for them at the start of the season was to win a trophy. So it was really good to see them achieve that in December um, and Sunday again saw us progress to the next round of the cup with a 2-1 victory over Rangers which is always enjoyable um, it's interesting to note that Rangers have only lost two domestic games this season and that is the Celtic in each cup which speaks volumes for the mentality of the, the Celtic women's side and the way that Fran has them playing and the way they has them set up for these massive games Um Next up in the cup will be Aberdeen on the 4th of April. So we're still very much in the hunt for that second trophy. And we've got a really good chance at that. And, you know, two trophies at the end of this season would be a really, really great return. Um, they played Champions League football for the first time in the club's history. It was great to have a, a team represented there. Um, so, yeah, it's going relatively well. The league positioning could be improved on, but otherwise they are doing a really a really great job and they've got a really good squad of players. Um, again, I suppose very similarly to the first team, the, the players are now coming from, from all over the world. We've got players from China, Iceland, America. Um, it's, it's a really good mixed squad that we've got at the moment and it's really good for promoting the women's game, not only in this country, but worldwide as well. Um, so, yeah, keen to, to see the support for the team grow. Um, they play all their home games at Penny Cars and, and Airdrie. Um, always good for people to go along and support. The, the tickets are always very cheap. Um, and the games are regularly on the pass too. So keep mm. an eye out for when they're available there. And then there's going to be the game at Celtic Park next month on the season ticket as well. So I'd encourage people to get along to that and, and show some support. Um, get into it. Once you've seen a few games, get invested it's just more people playing for Celtic, so enjoy it. Absolutely. And as you said before, any win against Rangers should be enjoyed. Um, I'm bringing this up from Dermot Celtic 
Rabito, uh, Penrith, New South Wales and Australia, because we were looking at, because we do keep a wee eye on obviously all the analytics, Natasha, and we were just looking at the fact that our Australian audience is 10% of the overall Celtic State of Mind uh, viewership. So that shows the interest that um, Ange and Tommy um, are bringing, uh, as well as the normal interest from Australia. I know there's a huge fan base over there for Celtic. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for joining us, because um, one of our pals over in Australia sent us a banner, which we're going to have up out in the studio out there. And we might even take it to a few games. Um, and I'm loving that connection that we have with uh, the Australian fan base. I've always said that I don't think we service as a club Ireland, America or Australia as much as we should um, and I've seen a, a real upsurge in the amount of people tuning in from Oz so thanks every single one of you and thanks everybody else wherever you're from wherever you're tuning in from we reminder get subscribing on that YouTube channel it's been great to have Natasha back but don't worry JP is still part of the Axrom team in case you're wondering uh, JP will be back ASAP as well he is a valued member of the Axrom team and we love him a bit so thanks everybody for getting involved and thank you to Natasha Miko for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.